ladies and gentlemen, Cardinal fans of all ages, welcome to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. I'm Chris Grace. I'll be your host, joined every week by current Wesleyan Athletic Director and former head football coach, Mike Whalen. Each week, Coach and I will interview some of your favorite former Cardinals and find out exactly what they've been up to. Without further ado, it's time to check in with the coach, Mike Whalen. Coach, our run of 1,000-point scorers continues. We welcome in another great Cardinal Hooper, but this guy is more than just a basketball player. He's turned into a fantastic coach at the Division II level. Our guest tonight, class of 95, Tobin Anderson is going to be with us. Yeah, really looking forward to uh, catching up with Tobin. Um, you know, I, I obviously Coach Riley speaks very highly of him. They're great, have a great friendship. And uh, also uh, Dave Paulson, former head uh, Williams College uh, head basketball coach and uh, current George Mason head coach. Uh, Tobin worked with uh, worked for Dave, uh, so we've got some uh, mutual uh, connections, and uh, uh, everyone speaks very highly of him. And he's obviously had a, a tremendously successful uh, uh, coaching career after a successful playing career at Wesleyan. So looking forward to catching up with Tobin. Yeah, and you don't want to miss this interview. We're going to talk to Tobin about his time playing for legendary coach Kenny at Wesleyan. We're also going to talk about, you know, kind of how he evolved as a coach, being a coach's son, and, and really his current situation at St. Thomas Aquinas in New York as he has coached the Spartans to seven consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. But before we do that, we've got to let you know how you can stay in touch with our podcast. Mike O'Brien is not with us tonight. So I'm going to tell you how you can stay connected on Twitter, as always, at Wesleyan underscore athletics. You can contact me directly at ChrisGrace82 on Twitter, Facebook at Wesleyan.athletics, and Instagram at Wesleyan underscore athletics. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about our guests. We want to know what you think about our podcast. We want to know if you think we're making too many mistakes. Either way, we want you to be part of our podcast. But Coach, Enough of that business. It's time to get to the part people want to hear. Our interview tonight, class of 95, 1,000-point score, head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas, he is Tobin Anderson. Another 1,000-point score on our podcast representing the Wesleyan Hoops backdrop as we've had some great Wesleyan Hoops guests in another one tonight. He is the current head basketball coach at St. Thomas Aquinas. He is Tobin Anderson. Tobin, welcome to our podcast. Great to have you on our show. Great to be here, Chris. Coach, thanks for having me. Great. So, uh, so Tobin, we, we would like to start this. Uh, it's just everyone kind of giving us a little background on kind of where you're from and you know how you how you made your way to West. Great. So that's a it's actually a good story. I was uh, I grew up in Iowa. I grew up in uh, Truro, Iowa, town of 500 people. It's one of the smallest towns maybe in the in the state. No stoplights. No no stores. No pizza, nothing. There was just a small, small, small town. So I ended up going to prep school. I wanted to play Division One. I wanted to play in the Ivy League like most, most Wesleyan or little three guys want to play you know, at Princeton or Yale. And so I went to, to a prep school in Maine, um, MCI, Maine Central Institute, which is uh, at that time was like the biggest prep school in the, for basketball in the country. It was, it was a, a factory of Division One and high major players. And so I went there and I found out in about 10 minutes that I was probably a little bit over my head. I was, uh, we had like uh, 14 guys go to Division One. Most of them went to like the highest level, like ACC, and and, and uh, one kid went to Georgetown, one went to Kansas State. Um, so I was I was a I was a fourth string point guard on a really good team. So I got a I got a championship ring. We're thirty two and zero, but I didn't do a whole lot besides uh, <laughs> help out in practice to do that. So I'm there, and and I but I had it 
I had good test scores. I was a, I was that, that end of the spectrum. I was the, the, the good student, the, the high ACT. And so um, I'm sitting around and I'm, you know, I'm going looking at Princeton and Yale and these places I probably couldn't play at. And um, there's a guidance counselor and this is a great Wesleyan connection, Dave Barnard, who was a former uh, Wesleyan Cardinal who was, was a, he was coach at Williams for a long time. He's been around for a long time. Great, great baseball guy, great person. So Dave says to me, he says, um, I, you can't play. You can't play at Princeton. You're too slow. You're too, you're too damn slow. You can't move. You can't guard anybody. You should go to Wesleyan. I said, what's well, Wesleyan? He said, well, he said, they're playing Colby. They're playing Colby in, um, in Orono, Maine on a uh, Friday or Saturday. So he gave me his car. This is a true story. He gave me his car and said, hey, drive. He didn't want to go to the game. He said, drive and go watch him play. So me and my, my buddy who went to Bowling Green, we drove to Maine in his car. And his car, the door wouldn't open on the passenger side, so he had to go through the window to get in. It's like in, you're, in, you're, in Maine, you're in Maine in the middle of winter. It's like it's like, it's like 40 below zero, and it's snowing outside, and you know, we're probably going to die on the way there. So I go I go watch Wesleyan play Colby, and um, I was amazed by like how the level of play was like. I was like, whoa, this is this is good basketball. They had a, they had a good team. Um, Coach Kinney, one of his best teams. They won the little three that year. They were 6-0. And they went up to Colby and beat Colby. You can beat Colby at Colby, as we, as we all know. I mean, you're playing yeah. against five guys in the court and three guys who come out of the, the, the Dunkin' Donuts up there refereeing the game. <laughs> you can win at Colby. You can you can win about any place. So I was like, wow, it's, it's a high level of basketball. Um, I started doing some research. Great school, obviously, and they recruited me pretty hard. And and you know, I was it was the, it was the best fit for me. It was just like I, I, I the prep school helped me come to realization I couldn't play. Division one, and you know, I, I could have played and been on the team, but I wanted to have a, a career, so I ended up going to Wesleyan. I visited one day. I went, I went down for a, later on in February or, or early March, and they were playing Amherst. And at that time, Princeton was playing Yale, and I told Coach Kenny, I said, "I'm going to go to the Princeton Yale game. He said, I should stay here and watch the Amherst our game against Amherst be a lot better game." Well, he was he was probably right. I should have probably stayed and watched that game because I went to watch Princeton drill Yale by like 20 points. But uh, I loved it. Coach Kenny was great. It was it was a great experience. So I ended up. From Iowa to Maine to, to Wesleyan. Wow, that's so, a great story. So, so Tobin, you know, you just mentioned Coach Kenny, and you know, we we've had some guests on the show that have, that have played under him. Talk about your experience playing for the legendary Cardinal coach, and kind of, you know, as someone who 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 grew up, you know, in a in a family of, of basketball coaches, you know, what was it like? you know, playing for a historic coach, and for someone who probably held you to a standard that you were probably used to, that maybe some of the other guys weren't. Yeah, definitely. Great, great point. He was, um, at the point, so I played my father. My dad was my high school coach all through high school. I grew, I grew up in a coaching, my whole, he coached high school for 30 years. And I was, my whole life has been in, in a gym someplace, either coaching or playing. So when I got to Wesleyan, he was the president of the National Association of Basketball Coaches, the NABC. So he was the, the head of all college coaches across the country. So I was in his office, like, you know, sometime like September, and I stopped in to see him. And he didn't love visitors a lot of times. He was getting more, a little more old school. Like, I came in there, I'm pestering about tapes or something. Well, Dean Smith called. So I, so he answered the phone. And he's like, hey, Coach Smith, and he's talking. He's talking his conversation, and, and he gets off the phone. I said, well, Coach, who was that? And I, I kind of thought that's who it was. It was, it was, it was Dean Smith from uh, North Carolina who called him. So he was he was well thought of in the coaching world. Everybody knew about who he was. And I thought that and that was a you know, way for me to not only go to Wesleyan and, and, and have an education and, and play basketball, but also get a chance to learn from a guy who was well-connected, who knew a lot of coaches and was, was uh, well thought of in the coaching world. So – that was a great, a great avenue for me to start my, you know, to get, to get more education in my coaching world. He was, he was great that way. He was tremendous and always talked about doing things. And he always said to me when I was playing, he's like, when you're coach and you're going to hate the things, things you do right now, you're going to hate those things when you start coaching. It's like, I couldn't guard anybody. I, I couldn't play any defense. I, when I scored my thousandth point, he said, uh, 
He said, Anderson, he scored a thousand, but you gave up two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, uh, was probably, probably right. So it was, it, was, uh, it was something else. But he was a, a great person, a great guy, and I and, uh, had a lot of fun those four years. And Tom, but did you, uh, so did you know going in, like, like coaching something you definitely wanted to do? Yeah, I was pretty sure I wanted to do that. I think that was the, the avenue for me. I just, you know, but when you live, grow up in a, a coaching household, my father being a coach, like, that was just, that was just the, the I, I love being around the guys. I love being in the gym. I loved, um, you know, watching him run his team and, and do that thing. So, I mean, I was, you know, you get around, you get to Wesley and you're around such great people and they're, everybody's kind of going in different directions in finance or in, you know, in different, different ways. And I, and I, and I, I sometimes I think maybe I'll try this, but at the end of the day, I think coaching is probably going to be the thing that I want, I was going to do. And, and, you know, I'm like anybody else. And I wanted to go play in the NBA and play for the Knicks or play for the, the Bulls, but that was not going to happen. So I think coaching was the next, the next best thing. So, you know, and I think, I think we, we, we kind of find out that Wesleyan's a pretty good breeding ground for coach. There are a lot of guys who come through there end up being great coach, you know, beyond the sport, the sports world and, general managers like Jed is and things like that, but also a lot of great coaches have come from Wesleyan. So I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of traits you get, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, the background from, from being there around great people. It's helped us all become pretty good coaches. And uh, before we, before we leave Wesleyan to, to move on, just to, you know, talk about your professional life coaching, but um, you got You got to tell our, our listeners the, uh, the, the uh, you know, who, 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 who was your top recruit that you brought to Wesleyan? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's actually what I've probably known for more than anybody else. So my dad was a high school coach. After I graduated, he went to, he was in Iowa. He went to South Dakota and he got to South Dakota and he had a great team in South Dakota. He had a bunch of guys who were really good players and, and, and uh, good athletes. And a kid who played for Matt, Matt Percival was a really good uh, shooting guard for him. He's also a really good football player. So I don't know what time of the year it was. And I was, I was, I was, a, I was coaching at Clarkson then. So I was probably 25 years old and I was talking to my dad on the phone. I said, well, what's, what's Matt going to do? And I said, he's like, well, he's at you know, South Dakota State, North, you know, so school's out there. I said, well, he should come to Wesley. And he had a good, good grades. And obviously, we're always wanting diversity at schools like a, like a Wesley and some you know, the geographical diversity. So it'd be a good spot for him. So I said, well, he should come to Wesley. So we started talking. I talked to Matt. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And, and so uh, and Matt came to Wesley. And I actually drove him. We drove from Rapid City, South Dakota, to Middletown, Connecticut for his uh, first – he hadn't been on campus yet. It was his first time on campus. He couldn't believe there was toll roads. He couldn't believe going from South Dakota that they actually had to pay money to, to drive on a road. He said, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this happened. that's the way it is, man. This is not South Dakota anymore. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not in, the, in the Black Hills anymore. So he comes out there, and, like, I, I you know, I, I knew he was going to be a good – player you just don't know how good and he ends up being just a, a, a tremendous football player and, and tremendous person i know ambassador for the program too he speaks very highly of his time at wesley and so that's my um i think it was my my way of becoming a, a good recruiter because i was you know and coach hauser was always happy to see me when i came on campus like anybody else i, mean, I didn't have a, <laughs> i didn't have a bunch of football recruits but i had one guy for him but he ended up being one of the best guys in school history so i guess i get, I get you know it's amazing he never sent me any gear i never got any football you know he wasn't in football gear stuff like that I'm like you know he could have taken better care of me for, for delivering <laughs> that guy you know but uh first team first team hey i'll tell you right now you sent me a first team all-american you get a lot of gear <laughs> that's you right. get a lot of gear no question about that uh yeah he was uh he was an unbelievable player boy unbelievable that's a great story it's it's chris and coach beyond the box score along with the coach mike whalen chris grace with you Tonight's guest, Tobin Anderson, class of 95, current head coach, St. Thomas Aquinas. Hopefully we'll be coaching some basketball here in the uh, near future, but we're not sure right now. Uh, Tobin, you know, we don't want to gloss over the fact you were a 1,000-point scorer. Um, 
Talk about, you know, what it was like playing for a coach. You, you mentioned Dean Smith. Probably a lot of similarities playing for Coach Kenny than it was uh, playing for, for Coach Smith. Slow the game down, a lot of passes, not a lot of dribbling. Now, as you've shifted, you know, from a player to a coach, um, what, what kind of things have you taken from Coach Kenny and kind of stylistically, um, you know, what did you take from him? And, and obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of differences in the modern game. Than, than yeah, from, he, from was when a, you were there. he was an old school guy, like old school, old school offensive and defensive stuff that he that he ran. So um, it was new. It was it was uh, for me. It was different a little bit. Um, we spent a lot of time in practice on on fundamentals, on, on going through things at a, at a pretty pretty uh, you know de- detailed pace. He was very detailed in things we did, and and that was good. And I think we he's one of those you know old school coaches, and you know my dad was that way too. There sometimes we practice for you know we always say two hours is a good time. We might go for three hours we might go for three we were there for for a long time you know so it was um he, he liked to, to be very uh very deliberate in what he what he did and um but he was a good guy to play for he was not overbearing at all and and um you know it was it was just a, it was for me it was a wake-up call because i you, know, you come in like a lot of people a lot of your guests probably talk the same way you get there and you think ah, you know what's this little three and how good are these teams and then you go play amherst you play williams and you're like whoa this is this is a high level of of, of basketball and, um, you know, I think we kind of thought we'd come in there. I had a kid to play with me, Brennan Leary, who's a really good player. He's the number four all-time leading scorer. He's a, he's a really good player. His dad was a coach as well. So we were backcourt mates together. And um, we went to Williams the first time and thought we were going to go up there and, as freshmen and go up there and win by you know, win, win by 20 and, and put the, you know, set the world on fire. And we found out pretty quickly that they had a, they had a heck of a team. And, uh, you know, it's like if you can win the little three, you can, you can win – the national championship you can go to final four and, and that's i didn't know that at the time and i knew that as time went on like man this is a this is really good basketball and it's it's uh the competition level was great so and, and herb would tell us that and, and we didn't necessarily listen to that as much our first couple of years until we actually got our, our, our tails kicked a couple of times and it was like wow this is this is gonna be harder than we thought it was gonna be so it was uh it was an eye-opener i think for for sure so at what point at what point did you you know you obviously being a coach's son you knew that basketball was in your blood and in your future, and, and you said when you got to MCI, you realized that maybe the NBA wasn't in the cards as a player. Um, right when you got to Wesleyan, were you looking at it as okay, I'm going to become a coach eventually, so I want to kind of, you know, handpick all these things, or was it not until your time as a player ended that you really started thinking seriously about becoming a coach? You know, you're still young, and it's like you know, as time passes on, you're still you're still loving just playing and being a student and being a being a student athlete. So I was I was like constantly studying things and we're just enjoying playing you know you're enjoying and I can still remember walking into Freeman Athletic Center and on a you know weekday and playing pickup for two hours that was like the best thing in the world and you have class all day and you go play pickup but with the guys and that was an awesome thing so you know I don't think I was too totally I knew that in the back of my mind I'd probably be going to do that but we we're still just enjoying being in college and, and I think sometimes I know you know, I was also the head coach at Hamilton in the NESCAC for for um before I for for uh, my for seven years and you know another NSCAC school. And sometimes you see guys who get their thoughts on the future, what's going to happen down the road. They get they don't enjoy the experience as much. I think we were pretty good about enjoying the experience and getting the most out of it and, and enjoying every day. And and uh, but you know as time went on, I knew coaching was going to be what I was going to do. So I, you know you got to start making connections. I worked a lot of camps and did things like that. Herb Herb helped me out as far as getting in touch with with certain coaches. So I was able to you know I think one great thing too when I was in in school, there's a lot of other coaches there at Wesleyan who were tremendous coaches. Like Gail, Gail Lackey was a volleyball coach. And she's a, I mean, I don't know she's a Hall of Fame, but she's a tremendous coach of the volleyball team. And Terry Jackson was there as a soccer coach. My best, my best friend played, um, 
played uh, soccer and hockey, so I'd go watch soccer games. And Terry Jackson's a tremendous coach. And, and Duke, Duke's, Duke, uh, is it Duke Snyder, the, the hockey yep. coach? The, yep. Oh, I mean, a great guy, too. He's like Herb, too. An old school guy, great guy. And so I'd, I'd go watch hockey games. And, you know, Frank Hauser was there as a football coach. Just a lot of – and Costi is a baseball coach. Like, I know that was when they are making their run to the national finals. So you were surrounded by a lot of really good co- – you could tell – you go watch a baseball game. You that, that baseball team was well coached and well drilled, and they they knew what they were doing. So you could just be around that atmosphere and know there's some excellent, excellent coaches at Wesley, which I'm sure there is now too, as as far as that goes. But there were some really good coaches when I was there, and I learned a lot just by watching the other teams too, as, as well. So so Tobin, so you uh, you know you graduate from Wesleyan, and then uh, what's your what's your first coaching job coming out of West? I go to I go to Clarkson University in Potsdam, New York, which is about it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. It's like it's like right about ten miles from Canada. So I'm up in the middle of um, of uh, and it's big big hockey country. So I'm up there for uh, for they don't a year. get much they don't get much snow up there, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, that's a whole other level. That, that, the snow and cold in Potsdam was just it was incredible. So I'm I'm there for uh, my first job with the guy named Walt Towns, was a great guy. Walt actually recruited me from when he was at Dartmouth. And I was at MCI, so I knew Walt a little bit. He hired me. And then what happened was down the road, uh, Dave Paulson, who I'm, I know you know well, is a Dave Paulson, so is a Williams guy. He was at St. Lawrence University. So Dave and I hit it off. I was the assistant at Clarkson. So Dave got the job at, at uh, LeMoyne, Division II job, the next year, and he hired me to go with him. So he's, he, was, uh, he, he said he would never hire a Wesleyan guy because he didn't, you know, he thought I'd be playing hacky sack or doing stuff like that. He was always giving, <laughs> gave me a lot of crap about my Wesleyan stuff, but we ended up, uh, he hired me, and, and that was awesome. So, and Dave's a great coach. He's at George Mason now. So I, I went and worked for a Williams guy for a couple of years and, and uh, learned a lot, and that was uh, that was my start. That was a big, big thing for me. And so when Dave hired me, it was funny because I was at, I was at uh, Clarkson making like, you know, it was Josh making like $4,000 a year. Um, living on a, on a, on a mattress on a floor someplace. And so I go to, so Dave wants to hire me. We meet at McDonald's for the, 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 the quote interview or whatever. And he says, uh, well, you know, I want to, I want to hire you. It's, this is a, it's a good job. It's division two. It's scholarships, but the, it'll be a, it'll be a pay, uh, pay decrease. I thought I was going to go from 4,000 to like, you know, 25,000 or 30,000, 4,000 to go to division two to about 2,500. I think a, a pay cut to go from, uh, from one level to the next to work for Dave. But that was, you know, it's like, that was a good break for me because Dave was just a great person and, and uh, we had a lot of fun and, and did a good job at LeMoyne and he's obviously done to big things too. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of my start. And then from there, after, after two years at, at LeMoyne, I get a job at Clark- I went back to Clarkson as a head coach when I was 20, which was, um, I went back up to Potsdam, which is crazy. So I was there for five years. Wow. Great. Great. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then from there, and then from there to, to Hamilton. Yep. From there to Hamilton. I was okay. there in Hamilton for seven years. You had some really good. had some really good teams there. Yeah, really good teams. And, and I, I took over for a guy named Tom Murphy, who was a tremendous coach. He won 500 games. So I, you know, taking over for a legend is not an easy thing to do. And so we, we did well. And we, we, you know, that's Hamilton's a great school. It's, it's on par with Wesleyan as far as being a really, really good school and good people and, and a lot of support there. And I was there for seven years and loved it there. My kids were born there. Um, we had a lot of fun and won a bunch of games. And then I kind of got the itch to hey let's try this let's try this the Division One scholarship level went to Siena, um, for, worked for a buddy of mine for two years at Siena, and then I kind of realized that I, I enjoyed being a head coach and so that's when I came to St. Thomas Aquinas. I've been here for for seven years now as a head coach the head coach here. So um, I've been at all three levels. I've been at Division Three, Division Two, Division One, and they're all they're all different. They're all they're all uh, interesting. But I've, you know it's it's uh, 
you know, when you're coaching, coaching in college, it's, it's every day is a new, as you know, it's every day is a, is a new day and it's a, it's a challenge no matter, no matter where you're at, you know? Did, did you, did you find it tough, um, you know, going from, you know, running your own show, being a head coach to then going back to being an assistant coach? I mean, I, I you know, yeah. I, cause there was a, there was, you know, my, my, my career is, you know, I was assistant coach and then, you know, I was at Williams and, you know, coach Farley, I, I didn't think he was ever going to retire and, you know, I, I, you know, all of a sudden he retired and I found myself doing that. And, and then, you know, after doing it for a couple of years, I had some friends get jobs and, you know, offer me, you know, assistant coaches going, going back. And I was just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Once, you know, once you run your own show, it's, uh, it becomes, becomes a different ball game. So was, yeah. it was, was, I know it sounded like you were working for a close friend, but was that, was that, uh, was that a difficult transition? Yeah, very, very hard. Very hard. It was, um, you know, you, and I'd been a head coach then at that point for twelve for twelve years at Clarkson for five and Hamble for seven. So to go back then and be an assistant, it was, you know, it's great. Like I was got Mitch Bonagura was a head coach, very good friend of mine, knew him for a long time. But you're still not you're not making the decisions all the time. You're it's it's a different role. Um, you know, it's it's you're going you're not going in front of the team and talking like you want to you know talk and speak and. I think my personality is, you know, I think a lot of coaches are this way or type A, you know, I want to overbearing sometimes, maybe trying to do too much. And, and, um, you know, I, but I also will say this, I learned more the two years I was an assistant probably than I had in the previous five or six years. I think I was able to sit back and take the emotions. You know how it is coach. When you're, when you're a head coach, you, you die with every loss, you know, they kill you, you get on the bus and it's just, you can't eat, you can't want, you can't relax. It just, it drives you crazy when you're an assistant. It hurts you, but it's not the same hurt. And you can actually step back unemotionally and think, "Hey, I, and we could have done this better." Or if I get a job again as a head coach, I'll I'll try to do this 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 thing better. And I was able to, I think, become a better head coach when I came back after being an assistant from those two years. So I think, in the long run, it ended up being a really positive thing for me. But it was it was not an easy thing easy thing to do at all. But um, you know, I think that's all part of the education. I think I, think I, I wouldn't be where we wouldn't have the success we've had at St. Thomas without having that me becoming a better coach from those two years as an assistant, but I, w- I wouldn't go back and do it now. I, just, I don't think I'm going to be a head coach the rest of the time. Right. So, so for our listeners, uh, Tobin talk, you know, g- give us a little background on, on St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, the school, I mean, you've had an incredible career there. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's seven straight NCAA tournaments, right. For division yep. two. Yeah. Um, so, so just tell our listeners about the school and, and, yep. and uh, you know, your experience there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different. It's Division Two, so we're right outside of, um, right up in Rockland County, right across the Tappan Zee Bridge. A small school. Um, they had had a, they had won five games the year before we got here, and they'd won seven the, the year prior to that. So they had won, and then I think the year before that was was five again. So I think it was five, seven, and five in the three prior years. So they'd had a lot of uh, down years before I got here. So you know, the, the chance to come in and kind of rebuild a program was was a great thing. It was a small liberal arts school. You know, obviously, it's not an SCAC school. It's not a, it's not an Ivy League school, so it's, it's a little bit different. But I we had scholarships. I think we have scholarships. Like I listen, I don't miss the. I heard you talking to I think it was Coach Mangini about recruiting, and you you didn't like the um the you know the whole the um all the Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff too. And I don't I don't like that either a whole lot of times. But I tell you what, when you have when you have scholarships, life's a lot easier when you, when you can recruit scholarships. <laughs> I, I I don't miss the financial aid conversations of hey, what's it what's going to cost you? And it's going to cost you. Forty-five thousand. You try to mumble it out or try to whisper it out to the parents. It's forty-five thousand dollars. So um, we had scholarships. So I was able to, 
And I'm in a great location right outside of New York City, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, where I can recruit in a lot of different directions. And we were able to build a program. We, we were, first year, we went, went 500 for the first time in like like eight or nine years. The next year, we actually won the conference, went 21 and 11. And then since then, we've won over 25 games every year. Um, we've been the NCAAs, like you said, every every year. We're the winningest program in New York State, um, Division One, Two, II, or Three, the last six or seven years. So we've been to Elite Eight, two Sweet Sixteens. We've had a great run, and it's um, you know, but it's like any other school. We have great support. Our, our president's great. The athletic director is tremendous. And so I've actually really enjoyed being here a lot. It's like it's it's a different, and I I think it's different than being at Hamilton or Clarkston, where I can have more of an impact on my players. A lot of my players who come here, um, we have don't have two parent households. They don't have fathers at home. They they come from a lot of them. It's the first person in their family to go to college. You know, they, they come from bad, you know, some some really bad backgrounds sometimes. Where you know, I'm I'm almost um, more of a, a figure in their in their lives because they kind of they kind of need us. They need us for support academically. They need us for support basketball wise, socially, culturally, the, the whole thing. And so it's 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 a lot of work. I mean, it's it's, it's a lot of staying on top of guys. We have more um, more meetings and more study halls, and and it's. Just a lot of overall, like how do you how do you dress when you go out? How do you how do you handle yourself in certain situations? Like just things like that that we had to overhaul the whole program. But you know, to see a guy come to St. Thomas Aquinas who you know was an, an average high school student or you know parents didn't go to college and, and to see them graduate. You know, we've had a lot of really good players, but to see them graduate and to see them go on and, and do great things is really special. So I've I've enjoyed um, I've really enjoyed being here. But, you know. Obviously, the winning makes it fun. There's no, no I'm, I'm a competitive person, so it's fun to win, and we've won a lot of games. But just the, the I think the impact on, on the, of the guys' lives and, and that kind of thing. But it's, you know, it's, it's a lot. We have them over to my house all the time, my wife and I, when we have them over for dinner. And we do th- a lot of things that you have to do to kind of to make that a family atmosphere for them. Like most, a lot of our guys don't go home in the summertime. They don't go home in the, in the um, you know, for, for Christmas. They're, they're here with us a lot of times because there's not, no place. To, we, have, we have four international players who are basically here all the time now. And um, so it's it's um, it's a lot of work, but it's been very very enjoyable, and it's been a different different kind of thing. But we've uh, we're winning, but you know it's hard when, once you start winning like that. Then the expectation becomes the bar is set so high that it almost you know it's almost it's like what it's hard to, to replicate what you've been doing because everybody's like oh yeah you're gonna you win twenty five but winning twenty five games is hard. That's that's not easy. <laughs> they don't they don't give you twenty to start the year. You know you yeah. gotta you gotta get. One hand, they just they just count as one, so it's um it's also very challenging. So we're we're having a, we're enjoying it. It's been a good time, and hopefully keep it going. So uh, Tobin, actually, you know, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because not only do I broadcast Wesleyan, but I actually do some work for I've done some work for University of Bridgeport. Ah. So I've been around the ECC, um, and I wanted to talk to you about you know I don't think a lot of people realize the quality of athlete at the Division two level, especially in that conference, you're getting a lot of great international players. I know I do a lot of soccer for University of Bridgeport, and almost their entire roster is European players. Um, you guys have, you know, there are some there are some, um, some things that are harder to do at that level, but there are a lot of built-in advantages. You talked about the scholarships a little bit. Talk about being able to recruit some international guys, something that you really just couldn't do unless they fell into your lap at the Division Three level. If you can do more things across the country, I mean, I've, I've got a, my, my starting two guards from South Carolina. Um, you know, I've got a kid from Venezuela who's our who's our best who's our best player. We got a, a good freshman who's from uh, two kids out of Illinois, which which we had at Hamilton too, but in, in Clarkson as well. And but 
I can go out with a scholarship now and bring those kids to to us a little bit e- easier. So yeah, no, it's it's high level. It's it's really high level. And so I don't know. It, we went to St. John's and beat St. John's uh, four years ago in the Big East by thirty in an exhibition game by thirty eight points. And that's been that was kind of got us going a little bit. So we went, we went there and like you know. And the, the funny thing is, we won by thirty eight points at St. John's. It was uh, Chris Mullen's first first game, and um, I have not gotten another Division one. No one will play us anymore. I can't I can't find a, another game like they won't they won't play us in which 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 stinks because those are pretty good paydays too. You get you get paid a little bit of money too. So when we beat St. John's four years ago, I walked in our locker room. My athletic director says the first thing he says to me, "Well, there, there goes that payday." He said, "You're losing that. You're losing that fifteen thousand dollars." So um, yeah, no, we can. We think we can compete with the, with the best teams in the country, and when you have scholarships, it's pretty it's pretty um, comparable across the board. So yeah, no, it's it's a high level, and Bridgeport's been very good as well. So you know, it makes it it makes it fun. It's, it's definitely it's definitely a lot of it's you want to play against the best teams out there. You know, and there's some great teams in the Midwest and great teams in the South that are that are very good as well. So we're always trying to challenge ourselves, and and um, you know, the, the goal is to to be a Final Four team and to win a national championship. That's that's the goal. I think I think we're ranked right now. Which means nothing, but we're you know we're at the top we're a top ten team. I think we're on the on the verge of having a chance to do that, but we gotta keep on getting good players. So when we've talked to some guests, uh, you know, along the way this year, whether it's administrators or coaches, obviously twenty twenty is a different is a different deal, turning into twenty twenty one as well. Uh, what's your twenty twenty into twenty twenty one looking like? What's the you know what's the forecast you know for the ECC and and for St. Thomas Aquinas? We're hoping to play starting in um, our conference schedule starts into January. So we haven't played yet. We've had we've had 35 practices. We've had 25 workouts. We've had no positive tests. Our guys have been together the whole time. So it's been it's been good. We just haven't played the games. So we're hoping, and I think that's hard. It's hard on the guys. And you know, I try. We try to keep it pretty loose. I mean, I, I'm open, always open ideas on like you know, we if you practice every single day with that same kind of intensity, you'll drive them crazy. Like, I'll definitely drive them crazy. So we've tried to do like more individual stuff, more breaks. We 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 played dodgeball. We played wiffle ball. We've We've done trivia stuff. We've done a lot of things to, to keep it light. Um, I think once the guys can see games coming, that'll be a lot. It'll be nice to, to see that, that that goal ahead of them as opposed to just practicing all the time. So we're hoping to get into January and start playing games. But, um, you know, it's, it's a hard it's – a, it's a tough situation right now. It's just, it's just what world we're in right now. And and um, last year when they canceled the NCAA tournament, we were the number two seed in the East Region. We're getting ready for the NCAA tournament and playing great and – and it got canceled. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it happens. We're, it's a pandemic. We'll be, you know, by, by next year, we'll be fine. And we're kind of in the same situation now. So that's a little bit frustrating. But our guys are, they're hanging in there. And, and, um, but I tell you what, two more weeks of practice with me, they're, they're, they'll be sick and tired of, of, of coming there. They want, to play some, they want to play some game. I don't care who it is. They want to play somebody else. They want to see another team, you know. So we're, we're doing the best we can. So, so Tobin, with regard to recruiting, I know, uh, you know, Coach Riley's told me that you've been, you know, really involved with five-star camps, and and, and is that is that um, is that something you know that's that's led you obviously to a lot of a lot of good players. Yeah, I mean, I think I think those camps you get a chance to meet a lot of coaches from all the country, some of the best coaches around. So you know, those you, you make you know, and you get old, you get start getting older too. You know, I mean, it's like me and Coach Joe, Joe and I are both getting older now, so we've got a lot more connections, a lot more people. So they're always calling you about recruits and and things like that. So yeah, that's helped a lot. The camp the camp circuit, as you know, the the um, any kind of um, you know showcase or the AU, the AU the AU camp stuff in in the summer is really really crazy. So we're able to to use a lot of those same resources and coaches. And like I you know I was in, I grew up in Iowa, so we we try to do the Midwest as much as we can with you know Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, and then we get the the prep schools which are, are very good as well. Still they're they're, they're excellent. And then Division two you can also recruit some JUCOs if you wanted to. 
there's a whole transfer situation that's going on now too. So we're, we're trying to, you know, we, we haven't done as well. I'm better off with, with four year guys. I like guys I can coach for four years and watch them develop over the course of time. It's I'm not as, you know, two years is not a lot of time to develop. So I, I enjoy having guys there for the, the whole time, but yeah, that's been a big thing for us. And, and I've always, I've always tried to be good at Joe too. I'm always like, if I see a guy who's, who we can't get, who's a really good student, I'm always trying to pass that along to, to him as well. He's done an unbelievable job recruiting as well, but it's, you know, recruiting's a, like, I think you said on one of the, the, the podcasts, it's a, it's a everyday 365 days a year. Like you can't not answer the phone. You can't not answer a text and email. I mean, it's, it's, it's nonstop and you have to kind of enjoy that because if you don't enjoy it, it'll drive you crazy. So we, you know, recruiting is huge and let's, let's be honest. We're all, if you're a good coach at all and you've had success, it's because you've had pretty good players. And so I'm not, you know, we, we've had really good players and that's because we, re- we recruit hard. We, we have to. So the minute you stop recruiting, you're going to be in trouble. So what was that conversation like in March, you know, for, to, to your seniors? We had one senior, so that was that was good. But it was still hard. I mean, still one senior, one senior, and it, but the whole team and we were playing really well. We we started to peak at that time. So you know, you could kind of see it coming when they canceled the NBA. Where I was sitting on my couch on a Wednesday night and they saw that the Jazz canceled that game, and like you knew it was you knew it was coming, so you kind of everybody could see it. So we're trying to practice, and and um, yeah, it was it was hard. I th- we had just won our conference championship, so it was kind of we had just celebrated, cut the nets down, and so that was nice to to, to have that as a last memory. If you'd gotten, if we gotten beat or had a bad end of the season, it might have been a little bit different, you know. But um, I think our guys handled it for the most part pretty well. Um, you know, young guys are they're resilient. They can they can bounce back from about anything. But that's that that wasn't as hard as it is right. I think now is harder because you can see teams that are playing. Like you turn on TV and you're watching mm-hmm. games that are on, and it's like why aren't you know why aren't we playing? And you know certain teams are, and, and that's I think that makes it a little bit more difficult because of that. That there's they're seeing other things happen in Division Two. There's teams playing right now in, in the Midwest, and they're they're playing a full schedule, and they're going, you know, and, and we're not. So, you know, that's that's more of a harder discussion right now. So I got to ask you, I got to ask you for uh, we got to go, we got to go back a little bit and yeah. uh, and retrace our steps here, and uh, because you know, I mean, Coach Balson and I, uh, not only did we coach at Williams at the same time, but we actually um, we we shared a duplex house on campus. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And let's just say the walls were thin, okay? So anything that happened in his household, I knew about. Anything that happened in my household, he knew about. So we we actually became great friends. Our wives are great friends. Our kids grew up together. Um, I mean, obviously, so we go way back. And so, um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I know Dave very, very well. So I I need you to give me one classic Coach Paulson story. What do you got? This is a good story. You'll, you'll love this too. So first of all, um, he speaks very highly of you. I, I asked him about you a number of times. And when you were still, I said, you were going to come from Williams to Wellesley. And I said, he's like, oh, it'd be, it'd be great. He'd be tremendous. The whole, the whole thing. So he's like, he, he won't come. He won't come to, who would come to Wellesley from Williams? Why would you ever, <laughs> that was just like, why would you ever come to go to Wellesley? I'm like, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. So I'm happy that worked out, happy that you came. And, and that's, that's been a huge thing for the university and for the department. So, by, um, by the way, by the way, for the record, we've beaten them seven years in a row now. In football. <laughs> I'm it. just saying. I'm just it. saying. I'm just saying. There's nothing better than beating Williams. I can tell you that. <laughs> His last year at Williams, we beat the Lions at Hamilton. That was a, that was a good feeling. So, oh, I'm sure it was. So, as you know, Dave is a complete disaster as far as his office is a mess. His, his <laughs> desk is a mess. There's 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 stuff. There's crap laying everywhere, right? So, we're on a bus trip going to play like Bentley. Um, like you know, we're leaving on a Friday for a Saturday game, and he's a He's behind me in the seat and he's writing recruiting letters and he's got meal money. 
So he's got meal money. He's got recruiting letters. And he's putting the right little letter to the kid. He's, he's telling me he's, he wants me to know how much smarter he is than me and how much more work that he gets done than me. He's like, Tobe, Tobe, I get to, I do all this at the same time. I get all this stuff done, right? So he's writing these letters. Well, about two weeks later, one of our top recruits, uh, mom sends a letter back and says, hey, Coach Paulson, thanks for the letter. I really appreciate um, reaching out about our, our son. Um, I also want to return the $17 you put in the envelope um, <laughs> that you sent to me. I don't think – it must have been a mistake. Why would you – I don't know why, why would you send me $17. Well, he had put the meal money in the recruiting envelope, and he sent it to the kids. So, so it, it looks like we're trying, to, we're trying to recruit a kid illegally by offering $17. <laughs> we're trying to do that. I'm like, hey, hey Dave, you may be saving time, but this looks, this looks terrible. So that was – I got – you I've saved got those stories. They were just like that. But that was that was the best one. You saved a lot of time, but now we got an NCA investigation <laughs> really? going. I don't think we get a lot of, a lot of years on on probation for sending seventeen dollars. But there was oh, there was, that's there, a great story. That is too, a great story. That's too funny. If you know yeah. Dave, like that's that's, that's oh a cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's a great one. That's yeah. a great one. So, so Tobin, you know, with each week we try to uh, ask our guests. Away from sports, kind of just focusing more in on, on Wesleyan at large. You know, what was what was your liberal arts experience like, and how did it kind of shape you, you know, as a man and as a coach? Yeah, well, I think, and in, in, you know, I think you learn as much at a school like Wesleyan from from four o'clock until ten o'clock, or four o'clock till midnight, or on the weekend sometimes four o'clock until two in the morning than you do in the classroom. Like you're just being around people the whole time, being around great people, and and, you know, a, a, a very diverse group of people. I mean, some of my best friends from Wesleyan weren't athletes. They were, they were, you know, a couple of girls were, were singers in the, in the Wesleyan uh, the, the group, the, the singing group, and, and just they were tremendous people. And so, you know, I think you're around unbelievable people the whole time. So I learned a lot, especially when you come from Iowa. Like, I grew up in the Midwest, and so for me to come out there, I'm sure Matt Percival had the same thing, too. Like, you're, it's an eye-opener. Like it's, it's, a, it's a lot of different people and a lot of challenges with um, – just trying to open your eyes to a lot of different things. And so I learned a lot from just from out of, out of the classroom. And obviously I learned a lot in the classroom, just being around people and, and being challenged. And you go from being a, a really good student in, in Iowa and Maine to all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is, you know, these, here, this is, these are tough classes. And these, you know, I remember one time I was in a class, I was in my freshman year and the professor offered up, Hey, would anybody like to lead, lead next week's class? Would anybody like to, to teach next week's class? I'm like, who would want to do that? There's like 25 volunteers who want to lead the class the next week. I'm like, well, I'd be petrified to lead a class, you know. And they, there's 25 kids who wanted, wanted to do it, and a bunch of them did it. I'm like, wow, I, I'm these are some high level students. So I was just around to be around those kind of people on a daily basis. It was it was a great thing, and and you know, a lot of obviously a lot of my friends were athletes, so that was great. But they were not, they were very very um, you know, they did a lot of different things, very diverse in what they did, and and uh, they challenged you, and you you challenged them, and and um, it was just a, a great way, a great way to, to learn about life. I think, you know, besides just the education, just about life. And, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I thought that was a, a wonderful four years to be in that environment. I loved it. And so Tobin, I know uh, one of our other questions we like to ask is, is uh, you know, if you were giving advice to current Wesleyan students, what, what would you say to them? And, and I know from talking to coach Riley that you did a zoom call yeah. recently with the team. So, uh, I guess I guess kind of a twofold. Tell us about the Zoom, yeah. and then and then if you have advice for for current student athletes, what would that be? Well, Joe was 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 happy enough. Or I was lucky enough for Joe to invite me to be on that Zoom with the players, and I and I love doing those kind of things because I think I don't think no matter how much you enjoyed your college career, how how successful you were, um, there's always things you can go back and, and do 
more and do better things. And you, you learn, you're supposed to learn a lot more when you're, when you're 49 years old than you were, when you were 20 years old. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing I told the guys on the zoom call was, listen, the, the team success, that's the stuff you'll, you'll never forget. And I think for being a coach, like you, you won't forget the, the, the NESCAC banners or the little three banners or the, the, the team success. And I said, there's nothing better than after you, you win a championship of cutting the nets down and they, they throw water on in the locker room and they, 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 the guy, it's like for 30 minutes as a coach, like before you think about the next game or what's happening next, you just enjoy that, that time. And that's what I told the guys, like the team success you, for in 25 years, you'll all come back for a reunion and you'll, you won't remember who scored the points or who was all conference or who scored a thousand points or and most guys will lie about it. Anyway. They'll, they'll make up what they did anyway. So they'll, 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 they'll exaggerate what they did, but you'll remember the, the team success and the, the, the put a banner on a wall. That's a, that's a great, a great, great thing. And so I think, um, I would tell guys who are uh, any student Wesleyan or any student athlete to really enjoy um, the time, you know, don't, you know, the future's a future and you can look forward to that and you gotta, you gotta stay focused, but man, it's, it's, it goes by fast. You know, I, I can still, you know, I'm, I've been out now for, I graduated 95. So it's been what, 25, 25 years. I can still remember the smell of walking into Freeman on a, on a Wednesday afternoon to play pickup or walking by the pool or going to the weight room. I, I can still, I still, it feels like yesterday, you know, it goes by and it goes by so fast. And so just to enjoy that time and, and to, you know, you love the, being with teammates, being with, being with your, with your, with those guys. And I, you know, it's like now being a coach for a long time and I see guys come back and like the stories they tell, it's not about, you know, the big shot or the big visit. It's, it's about the, the success they had as a team or what happened here, you know, and what happened to this, you know, after the game and the celebration or cutting the nets down and, you know, pointing to the banners on the wall. Like that's the, that's the stuff they don't forget. So, you know, I think that's, I, I think you gotta enjoy, you have to enjoy it and take it all in and, and, um, you know, you're in a place like Wesleyan, like, you know, sometimes you get caught looking too much in the future, like just enjoy the time. It goes by fast. You know, and obviously as we're getting, as we're getting towards the end here, Tobin, um, you, you and coach Riley have a ton in common, both, yeah. both being, you know, from coming from, from coaching backgrounds. Um, do you, do you and coach Riley converse on, on a regular basis or, or is that something you're able to do uh, with your connection with Wesleyan, obviously? Yeah. We've been friends for a long time. I was, we were good friends when he was at Yale. I was just starting out coaching. So, so he's a he's a little I'm not, I, he's a little bit older than I am. So I never, I never played against him. He was at Trinity, um, but it, we you know we, we became very good friends and we talk a lot. I came up there a couple times and talk some talk some basketball and and um, yeah, he's a first class guy. He's done an unbelievable job at the program and the championships and the success they've had. And and um, you know I'm I'm really proud to be a Wesleyan alum to see that that happen. And, and so if I can ever you know send him a player that can help him win a, win some more games and beat Williams and beat Amherst, I would definitely do that. So no, we we definitely stay in touch all the time and. And, um, you know, it's amazing, like the, the, the facilities and to walk, to go back up there now and to see what it, what it looks like. It's, it's an impressive, such an impressive place. I know, I know, and coach, I'm sure you, when you were recruiting and as you see recruits come on campus, like just, it, it, there's a wow factor of walking on that campus. It's just like, wow, that, that place is just a beautiful, beautiful place to, to go to school and have a, an experience. So I think, you know, like we, Joe and I was talking, like, once you get in there, it's, it's hard to, for them to say no, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a special place. He's done a great, he's done a great job. Coach, I think it's time. What do you think? I think we're ready to go. Crank it up. All right. So, Tobin, you've you've listened to the podcast, so you know what's coming up right now. We're <laughs> we're, we're we're going right into the gauntlet. We're going to ask you ten questions. Coach and I are going to bounce back and forth. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. It's no pressure situation here. You good to go? Awesome. Great to go. Let's do it. Okay, Coach. You started off. All right. Softball question here. Favorite professor at Wesleyan. I got um, 
Gail Lackey, the volleyball coach, taught a class on sports and ethics. It was an unbelievable class, and I and she had, she's a coach, but she was an unbelievable professor. Did a great job. Good, good answer. Who's the most influential person in your life? My father. What was your first job? Actually, you told us your first job after graduating from West. So, what was your first job growing up? I delivered newspapers back in Iowa, my town. So I knew every person in town because I delivered their newspaper for them. I'd get up at five thirty in the morning, and I would go house to house and deliver newspapers. So I did that for four years, and that was uh, it made, paid pretty good money. It was a, an easy job. All right, how big was your route? This is this isn't a gauntlet question, but how big was your route? <laughs> 50, 50 houses. Fifty houses. Right. Right. We had fifty pay. Now on Sundays you had probably double because they wouldn't they wouldn't get the daily paper, they get the Sunday paper. So probably a hundred houses on Sunday and fifty on the weekday. So I could finish it in about thirty minutes. I was on a bike the whole time. That's impre- yeah. that's impressive. That's an impressive that's, run right there. That's a small town Iowa story for you right there. That's that's what that's, life a, was that's like an that. that's an impressive that's an impressive job. Thirty minutes is impressive. Don't sell yourself short. That's pretty solid. Okay, if you were forced to cheer for one, would it be Amherst or Williams? I've heard this question. I, I heard you guys ask me else that question too. That's well, because of Dave Paulson. He, you know, he drove me crazy with Williams and Williams. I, I got so sick of Williams all, all the damn time. So. Um, but I have a lot of good friends who are, who are Williams guys. So, um, man, that's that's I don't like either one of them. I got to be honest. I don't, I don't, I, who, who would like a Williams guy or an Amherst guy? So whatever. Let, let, that's good answer. Good answer. answer. All right. When you were five years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to play. I wanted to play. Uh, go to college in Notre Dame. Play and be a point guard. I want to be John Paxson. There you go. Oh, nice. That is that is that is pretty good. Not as good as Jim Paxson, but pretty good. What's the? <laughs> I'm kidding. What's the best piece of advice you've received in your life? Probably the, that same route that I was not going to be good enough to play at that level, so I needed to. Uh, I needed to. Uh, I was limited athletically. I couldn't. I couldn't um, run or jump, so I had to, to be the hardest worker. Just be the hardest worker at all times. That's kind of what I've, I've always stuck stuck with that. So, so uh, a quick quick break here in the gauntlet. Just got to give you this one, Tolman. Coach Dick Farley, the legendary coach that I work for at Williams his famous tagline is son if you can't play here you can't play anywhere because there is no division four <laughs> that's a great one I think, I, forgot, I think Paulson told me that one too oh Here's, yeah I got I got another one for you so I got to interrupt your gauntlet so Mark Raymond the coach of Williams now oh yeah was my roommate for a year at Syracuse when I was working for Dave because Dave knew him from St. Lawrence and so Dave's like I got this guy who's who's a I know him from St. Lawrence he's a football guy he's kind of crazy whatever He's like he's got a he's got a room available in his house. So I end up rooming with Mark Raymond and I are, are great friends. He was at my wedding. He's at my wedding because because Dave Paulson connected the two of us together. And the first night we're watching we're watching a, a Yankees baseball game and he punched a hole in the wall. He was so mad about somebody about a home run or something like that. So I said, yeah, Mark Raymond is definitely crazy, but he's that's a, <laughs> another crazy connection. And he's done a great job at Williams. So I'm yeah. I'm happy for him. Uh, he's done a fantastic job. Yeah. He's a good man. Yeah. He's a good man. No question about it. All right, back to the gauntlet. Uh, let's see. Number seven, coach. Number, number seven. seven. In three <laughs> words, describe your Wesleyan experience. Oh wow, wow. Um, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll be able to map it. Definitely cha- challenging. Challenging would be one. Um, opportunity, because what, what a great opportunity it was, especially for a guy like me for, coming from from my background. I would just say, like, uh, I would say, I would say it's kind of corny because that's what we say with our, with our team. But my family, definitely, I would say family because I think when you're at Wesley and you're you're part of a 
part of a bigger family, as, as we all know, for the alumni and things like that. So I, I definitely felt like there was a, a family atmosphere to it. So uh, challenging opportunity and family. Good answers. What do you miss most about Wesleyan? Oh, man. I miss on a Sunday morning um, going to Neon Deli and getting a chicken parm sub in the Boston Globe. I go, I go there. I lived on Nine Vine Street down there. I go to Neon Deli, get a chicken parm sub, and get the Boston Globe, read the sports, the whole, and, and sit there and watch, wait for um, football games and stuff. I, I, I used to love those Sundays. You had nothing else to do. Hopefully your work's done. You, know, you played the night before. Um, you might have been out a little bit later than you probably should have been, but those those chicken parm subs at Neon Deli were, were, were fantastic. <laughs> That's back-to-back shows. We've got a Neon Deli reference. Really? Is that right? Oh, yeah. You're going to have to be our sponsor. Yeah, there you go. Oh my God! What's the what's the best Wesleyan highlight in your opinion from the last twenty years? You know, it's great to see the, the basketball team win the NESCAC. That and it was at Trinity. I remember I was, I don't know if I watched it or I saw the highlights, but I remember just to see that that was an awesome an awesome thing. Just knowing how hard that is to do. I mean, it's it's it is not easy to see that happen. So that was obviously I think probably the, the highlight. And you know, obviously watching all the sports, watch the football team do well and. I guess Percival's been out for a while. I used to love watching them. They had a good run when yep. when um, Matt was there with with those guys. They had a good run too. So you know, I think, but I think that basketball championship was was pretty special. Okay, we're right at the finish line. Who is the West alum you would most like to have dinner with? Well, I know my wife would like to have. Lynn Manuel would be the one my, my wife would want to have dinner with, obviously. So um, that's that's too that's too obvious, right? So um, Belichick's too obvious. Uh, that's a, that's a good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, those are our two most. Yeah, those are, those, but that's like that's like the, that's like the, everybody's gonna say the same the same two all the time, probably, right? Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, I'd say Lynn Manuel. I did make my, my wife happy. I probably would. You know, I mean, what a, a remarkable. So you know, happy home is key, Tobin. Yeah. Happy home is key. Absolutely. No question about it. Absolutely. Well, you did a great job on the gauntlet. I appreciate that. Great job with everything, Tobin. Coach, you got any final uh, final words before we sign off for the evening? No, no. Really, really appreciate your time tonight, Tobin, and uh, uh, certainly uh, hope you guys can uh, get the season salvaged here and uh, play some games. And uh, we're, you know, uh, I, I had heard great things about you from both uh, Coach Paulson and and Coach Riley, and uh, you know, really enjoyed spending time with you tonight. And look forward to staying in touch and and uh, following your career closely. So awesome. best of luck. I appreciate it, fellas. It's great to talk talk Wesleyan and get back on here with you guys. And same to you. Be safe, be safe, be healthy, and, and uh, go Cardinals, and, and we'll stay in touch. That is the head coach of the St. Thomas Aquinas Spartans, class of 95, Tobin Anderson, our guest tonight. For the coach, Mike Whalen, I'm Chris Grace. Until next time, you've been listening to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. So long, everybody.